This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have in this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. And this podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast this week is Danny Go, CEO and founder of Nexus Frontier Tech. One key area that has been helping clients the most, which is to actually help the clients to manage their data in a better way. The biggest problem is they don't know how to manage those data. And when I, when I say those data, they are like maybe PDF, graphics, and so on. Those data are not really useful and what we did, we created the engines, the machine learning engines to read those documents and then extract it out. And then human can use all the analytical skills, all the statistical models to create something out of it. And the advantage that we give to them is they are one step ahead of their competitors. That to the client is unimaginable before. But the amount of efficiencies and the amount of accuracies that we bring to them allows them to imagine a lot more, allows them to create more business opportunities when they have a new tools that suddenly upgrades their level to the next level. Yeah. Then suddenly, they are, I mean, they, they know what they do and they know what they can go beyond their limit. This is Danny. He's a serial entrepreneur and an early stage investor. He's a general partner of GNH Venture Fund, which invests in early stage startups primarily in Southeast Asia. GNH Ventures has invested in more than 20 portfolios in deep tech and is building its third fund to help startups into growth stage. He's also co-founded InnovaTube Frontier Labs, which later merged with Nexus. InnovaTube is a technology group that operates an R&D lab in software and AI developments and acts as an incubator to foster the local startup community in Southeast Asia. It has a team of researchers and engineers to develop cutting-edge deep technology to help startups and enterprises bolster their operational capabilities. Danny currently serves as an entrepreneur expert at the Said Business School, the University of Oxford, and also as an appointed fellow at the Center of Policy and Competitiveness at the Ecole des Ponts Business School in France. He's an advisor and judge to several technology startups and accelerators, including Microsoft Accelerator, the startup Bootcamp IoT, and LBS Launchpad. Danny serves as a visiting lecturer at various universities in Europe, and he's a speaker at various conferences, including TEDx and World Economic Forum. Last but not least, he's the founder and CEO of Nexus Frontier Tech, an AI research firm that easily integrates AI 
into organizational processes by using natural language processing to transform the idle information into structured data, enabling them to run better, leaner and faster. And that promise intrigued me, hence I invited Danny to my podcast. We explore the enormous value opportunity that millions of organizations leave untouched around unstructured data, simply because they can't manage it. We also explore Danny's vision on how the world is changing from an app-centric world into a skill-centric world and how that will influence the way we can create solutions going forward. By listening to this podcast, you will learn three things. Firstly, that incredible innovation opportunity is often right in front of us, we're just too busy or too ignorant to see it. Secondly, how skills will be the answer to making AI and machine learning more accessible and change the way we're creating solutions. And thirdly, why in order to be successful, you have to stay persistent and remove the temptation to drift away from your vision. Danny, thank you very much for being on my podcast today, making the time available. But before we start, can you give the audience a little bit of background or a little bit of insight what drives you on a day-to-day business and, and how you started Nexus Frontier Tech to begin with? Yeah, thanks, thanks Tom, for the opportunity. Nexus Frontier was founded three years ago by a group of AI researchers and scientists and engineers. The way how we started was simply we received uh, several inquiries from large corporations where they cannot solve the problem, which means that the traditional way of corporate bureaucracy to solve certain things is always difficult. Of course, the traditional route is to go to consulting companies like the Big Four, KPMG, Deloitte, Goldman Sachs to help them to find a new way to do things. But as a technologist, we have a rather more direct approach, which is to use technology to create a new process that is not able to be managed by human and to make it more efficient by you know, helping them to save time, to increase the efficiencies and to free up capacity in simple words to increase revenue or to reduce costs. So initially, it was just a a sort of a research project in the lab to help these corporations to to do things. And along the journey, we and also the corporates found that, you know, using this technology, as people may call it AI, we call it many different technology, whether it's machine learning, natural language processing, deep learning, and so on and so forth, has, it's really making a big leap in their operation efficiencies or creating new opportunities for them. And that's the reason why, you know, in the last three years, the company has been growing at a remarkable rate of more than 100, 150% year-on-year growth. Wow, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've followed your company for a while now and I see that it's now uh, I mean, how, yeah, over 100 people right now, correct? Yes, we have more than 95% of our personnel are researchers or engineers, technical people. There's one interesting fact in, in our company is we never had any salespeople in the company, which means we never go out and sell. We, don't even, we didn't even have our website or marketing material. It's always incoming traffic or existing clients exploring wow. more things. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the best thing you can have as a company, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> we, you don't we have to have, worry about getting, getting <laughs> we have the problem that, uh, to the business world, it might, you might think it might be easier to solve. We have rather other problems like, you know, finding salespeople, finding operation people to, to, or creating materials, all those normal problems to the other people, they are big problems to us. Yeah. So 
like I think you you mentioned it already. It started as a as a as a pet project, right? As a oh well, yes. I, I mean, personally, I have been in in the startup world for many years, and in the last five to eight years, I've always been an investor in in the tech startup. Yeah, and helping startup founders, especially in the early stage, to help them to scale, to grow, to pivot their products. As I myself is proficient in in creating products and and helping early stage companies to grow, so I wouldn't call it a pet project, but rather it was an opportunity that we didn't really expect it. Ah, okay. Yeah. And then it uh, took off, and then you t- you decided to take it serious and grow it uh, like you're growing it today. Exactly. Exactly. So, so from the from the point that you started the company, kind of growing into these projects. What what has grown out of it at the moment? I mean, has it has it delivered a standard product portfolio? I mean, have you got a, a couple of basic components that you use to go to market? Yes, yes, absolutely. We have a, a few key areas. I would say one key area that has been helping clients the most, which is to actually help the clients to manage their data in a better way. In the corporate world or in the real world today, more than 95% of the data are actually in private hand, which means they are either in big corporates or they are in public domain like governments and so on. So the, the free flow data on the world are actually very minimal. And the biggest problem is they don't know how to manage those data. And when I, when I say those data, they are like maybe PDF, graphics, and so on. Those data are not really useful And what we did, we created the engines, the machine learning engines to read those documents and then extract it out. And then human can use all the analytical skills, all the statistical models to create something out of it, which means we are just presenting the data to the corporate in a much better way, in a much, much more structured way. And then the corporate can, the human can use their, their skills to create something out of it. A couple of examples. For example, you know, some of the projects, I cannot name them, but we've been helping quite a few financial institutions in the world. And, and there are two interesting examples. One is mortgage applications. As you know, mortgage application takes a long time, yeah. at least one, two, three months. The reason why it's so slow is because of all these checks, all these background checks, all these approvals and all these things. And you'll be surprised the amount of documents that is needed, whether it's your bank statement, your pay slip, your or interviews and other things, and cross-checking whether the information is correct or not. All these are the majority of the work that needs to be done and hence taking such a long time. And what we did, what we did for the client was simply whatever documents it is, we just turn it into structured data. And then they're able to match. For example, salary. To prove that the salary is correct, when the client says that, oh, I make $5,000 a month, then you know you need to check whether the payslip is correct or not. You need to check whether the amount of money coming into your bank account is correct or not. We can turn that out and make it into a verified within one minute rather than for human beings to go and take the documents, to, to, to check it, different professions. It may take days. It may take weeks. And we're able to reduce a mortgage application from, let's say, months to weeks in, in just a few months' time. That's one example. And another example is in M&A, merger acquisition. In M&A, what the so-called analysts or consultants do, most of the time, they spend their time on reading 
reading news, reading information, whether it's external information like the Moody's report or internal client's information, competitors' information, and so on, before they can build the model or build the pricing to negotiate. But the problem is the reading time and the analyzing time. No one can always keep up to the latest information and come up with the best strategy to negotiate. And that's why it's taking so long time to, to successfully deliver an M&A. It usually takes months to years. What we do again, we turn all these reports, whether it's public news, whether it's Moody's report, Bloomberg's reports, all into structured, like in Excel format. And then, you know, they can, the analysts can, you know, analyze that, okay, what's the trend today? What's the trend in the last minute? Because we can turn all this data into structured data within seconds. And the advantage that we give to them is they are one step ahead of their competitors so that they can come up with a better pricing, the better pricing to the bidding price, the better pricing to the, to the asking price and so on. Yeah. That to the client is unimaginable before. The, um, exactly. the advantage is not, only, it's not only physically calculatable, but the amount of efficiencies and the amount of accuracies that we bring to them allows them to imagine a lot more allows them to create more business opportunities. They are the experts in what they're doing when they have a new tools that suddenly upgrades their level to the next level. Yeah. Then suddenly, I mean, they, they know what they do and they know what they can go beyond their limit. Exactly. And I'm glad that you bring up a couple of those examples because what, what I typically hear, and that's of course why I started the podcast in the first place, is that you know, AI is going to take our jobs and we will, we will be left out with a universal basic income and we, would, we should be happy with that. <laughs> what you see here is that, yes, there are efficiencies gained, but mm-hmm. the, the, kind of the, the reasoning behind doing it is to, is, yeah, is to, to gain a competitive advantage. Exactly. And, it, and it's very much not about cost-cutting and all of these negative things. It's, it's about growing the business. Absolutely. Well, to put it in the to tell you the real statistics in our clients we have never seen our clients sacrificing or, or, or retrenching their stuff because of this new technology rather with what we've done to them what we've helped them they are always able to create new things and hence they even need to hire more staff and that is that is the real result that we're seeing and you know what we, you mentioned a little bit about this this job loss to be honest, you know, to us as a technologist, we have seen these type of new technologies coming out all the time since, you know, the Stone Age. Human has been, has been busy creating new tools to help them do better. I mean, yeah. the first, you know, during the, the Industrial Revolution back in the, you know, 200 years ago when a steam engine was invented, that loss created a lot of people, you know, loses a lot of jobs as well. But at the same time, it created a lot of jobs. In the last 20, 30 years, we have so many new job titles because of new technology. Exactly. But we also lost a lot of job titles. We don't need a typist anymore to type the typewriter no. because we have computers. Exactly. So, so we, to us, we've always liked to argue back that simply human beings are never satisfied with what we have now. We are never satisfied with if we're not improving ourselves today. 
we're always trying to find new tools, new skills to make our life better every moment. Exactly. And, and you know, we are not creating, we're not diminishing new old jobs or creating new jobs. It's simply, it's the, the leading figures is human beings. It's human who wants to advance all the time. No one wants to stay at the, on the same job all the time. They always want to get pay rise, promotions to do a new job in their life. And they require new skills, whether it's soft skills or hard skills. And we are the one who provides the hard skills for them to, to get a new tool to do their jobs better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like the way you talk about that. It's like the soft skills and the hard skills, and we bring the hard skills. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's, that's perfect. This is where you could create those combinations of, of humans and machine where the outcome actually is, is larger than the sum of its components, like one plus one equals three. Absolutely. And, and I, don't, I, you know, I like to put so-called machines or AI as just, I like to interpret as just a tool. Like I said, you know, since the Stone Age, human beings has always been knowing how to create new tools, a knife to hunt rather than using hands yeah. and then creating new machines, new things to do, new ways to do this, always creating new tools to help us. And yeah. right now, you know, this so-called AI, we don't like to call it AI. It's just merely a new tools to help us to do better things in our life rather than wasting our time reading. Human brains has never been designed to do data entry, to read all the time. Human brains, well, I should say the creators created us to think, to be creative, to create new things. The creators has never created humans to do redundant tasks. And that is purely we are using machines to do a redundant task. Just like a production line is producing the same type of products yeah. in a large amount of quantity in a less time compared to if you use a human hand to create all these things. It's exactly. exactly the same thing. What we're doing right now in a more precise is we are using machines to help humans to read those daily news, those redundant news. Imagine a, a financial analyst reading the financial report every day. It's boring. It's yeah. very, very boring. It's the same It's the same type of data, no matter whether the market is up or down. It's always the same. But human brains should be, or the financial analyst, after he spends so much time educating himself, he should, be, he should be spending his time to analyze, to think more about the situation, to create the solutions, to, to, to create new opportunities, rather than read all these things all over and over again. Completely agree. Yeah. It, it moves from, from doing the, yeah, the mundane work to, to moving to exceptions and to moving to the, uh, well, to, to the outcomes of, of a particular topic or a particular problem. Exactly. And, you know, in our industry, because we are at the forefront of the research side, so we do see the industry shift quite fast ahead of others. And we are not only seeing the shift in, in the white collar. We are also seeing the shift in, in helping blue collar. In, in factories, in yeah. manufacturing, you know, there are always new machines helping factory workers to do better, to, to, save, to save their, well, to ensure their security or to make them do better jobs. But they are not being redundant at all. We still need human beings to respond to, to ad hoc situation. We still need human beings, no matter, no matter how high or low this position is, we still need it to, to come up with 
creative ways, a worker in the operation rooms may come up with a better things to run the factory, way better than the manager who sits in the room looking at the analyst report only. So, so that's what we are trying to empower. We, we help everyone. We try to empower human beings to do to free them up of all these redundant tasks yeah. and enable them to be more creative. So, I mean, have you come up with solutions yet that, are, that go beyond the, the freeing up part? The, that is actually, they're actually becoming sort of your coach whereby it's about maybe yeah, doing predictions or even prescriptive advice. Okay, it's like, this is what we see. This is what, what I have, I, I've analyzed. And these are the top three things you can do to take the next step. I see. I see. Well, well to, to put it that way, whether it's machine learnings or deep learning models, it's all built by humans. Yeah. Which means at this stage, no one can do better than human. Simply because we're just trying to imagine how human behave to create the machines to True. mimic us. And, and in terms of predictive whether can machines do better predictive than us? I would say yes and no. Simply, if you ask for a professionals, analysts, and I build a machine using the input from the, the, the professional, of mm-hmm. course, the professional, the model comes out, it's going to be better than 99% of other people. And that's yeah. how it's doing better than others. And also, no matter how professional you are, you may not have your concentration to do the best job at all times. And what machine is designed to do is simply to do, if you give him an input, it will create the output, the same output all the time. It's not going to, it's not going to recreate itself. So in, in this sense, whether it's predictive or not, you know, no matter how good the machine learning model is, it's still not giving us the best prediction. Otherwise, I don't have to be sitting here with you. I would, I would know what lottery numbers to buy tomorrow. Yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the accuracy will likely go up. Uh, I've had a couple of very interesting guests on my podcast that, uh, that have come up, come up with some interesting approaches. And one of them was even an approach whereby it's about bundling the knowledge of a group of people, like more than two, together in order to come up with, with the... Yeah, well, to challenge a particular of course, outcome. Of course, there's always bias in each individual, exactly. right? And that's why, that's why when we create our models, no model is the best. And, and I'd like to bring the discussions into what we're planning to do is we are, we are actually changing our direction, directions. Right okay. now, we, we have the platform to allow more and more people to use the platform. That means right now, if you think about machine learning models, it's kind of like a science fiction. Uh, it's kind of difficult, like rocket science. Yeah. Difficult to see. You hear it a lot, but you don't see it a lot. You don't use it a lot. That's because the researchers who created the machine learning models, they are hiding in the labs. And then the businesses who really need the models, they don't know how to adopt it. It's like in the early days of the internet or in the early days of the mobile application, mobile apps, you, you don't see that many. People wanted to do it. People hear about it a lot, but people don't know how to adapt it, how, how to apply it. True. And what we're creating is basically a platform to allow businesses to download different algorithms, machine learning algorithms, in an easier way to apply to their system. That's gathered from the experience that we have worked with the large corporates. But what we envision in the next four or five years is 
the end of the mobile applications is almost here. We nowadays humans don't use our mobile apps anymore. We make, I mean, in your phone, how many apps do you use every day? Maximum four or five. Exactly. And that's sort of like the same era in 2005, 2006, where the flip phone, you don't have too much innovation on the phones anymore. So what we imagine is we are, we are in the future, in the next few years, human is going to download automation skills, AI algorithms, or you can say, you know, Alexa skills, Google Cloud skills, the automation to enable you to do more things on your wearables, which means I can, for example, scheduling. If I am in Asia, I do not need to go into the WhatsApp to tell all my people, all my colleagues in the UK, don't contact me. I'm in Asia time zone. It should be automatic. Okay. I should be able to download a skill to enable me to tell everyone that I'm in Asia now. So don't contact me on the wrong time zone. Personal finance, you should be able to tell me whether, okay, should I be investing? Should I be saving more money? So it would be like an app store for, for different skills. So we, we are envisioning that the apps will be moving to more like automation skills or algorithms. And we are providing the, the app stores for AI skills. Or you, we, some people are calling it Netflix for AI. <laughs> we, we love, to, of course, we love to hear that. And we're, char- we're charging per data usage. So some people also comparable us to, to AWS. But anyway, to answer your questions, your original questions of, you know, trying to combine different things is basically no single skills is better than others. It depends on the objective, like what I want to do. So I download this skill. This skills may be useful for me now. It may not be useful for you even though it's doing the same purpose because we are in different place. We're doing different things. Our intention is different. So creators of the skills, it's impossible to understand what the user is going to do with the skill, with the tool. So that's why no matter how many people you combine or buyers and all these things, what we envision with the platform is all individual data are going to be stored on our cell phones. We don't need to upload our data. We don't need to share our data. We just need to download the mathematical calculations to come into our phone or our wearables to create the reaction to do things for us. So, so it, it depends on my objective. It depends on my X multiplied by Y equals Z. It depends on my own Z of Danny at that time, at the very moment and at the very place. So whether the formula fits me or not, it depends. So if there will be many different types of formulas on the platform. Well, the formula means the machine learning models. Yeah. And so people will be downloading different skills. People will be combining different, different ways. So in it, to directly answer your questions, combining two people's creator is not the right way to go because you know, if two people or three people combine together to create a, a, a formula, it does not mean that the other users are rightly for the, for the model. It always depends on the objective of what you want to do. And that's why we've seen so many objectives. Autonomous car, for example, no matter how good the scientist is, the scientist can never imagine all these different possibilities at the real driving time because they are not the one who drives. The drivers may not be educated at all his behavior, his or her behavior may be totally different. So it's 
the situation always depends on the outcome or on the objective at that time. So that's why, you know, we can create, the scientists can create as many different skills as we like, but it always depends on the objective of the person at that time and depends on what they do as well. So that's why these variables have different sensors sensing us where we are, what do we do to give us the best outcome. Interesting, yeah. I, yeah. I agree. It's, it's a way of, yeah, the, the whole, I mean, I, I think I also agree with you that, that mobile is coming to an end, that the whole way we consume these things is going to be a completely different one. Do you also believe that this is, is introducing a new, a new way for, for software companies to develop solutions? Absolutely. Actually, this is nothing new. In the, in the software or AI industries, we've, previously, when we developed a software, we just developed a software. And that's the reason why we need to go into the program or the app to fill in our information to make it work. Right now, with the rise of AI, it's the combination of data and the software. That means the combination of data plus the formula to make something work live at the same time which means the way how to create the formula or the program is totally different. And in the industry, we've been discussing a lot of different ways to, to create. The debate is still going on, on a better way, new ways to create that, that program, to put it that sense. That's true. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I wrote a blog on this recently, whereby uh, one of the aspects that, that's, that I find fascinating is that you know, the whole transformation of but the, the, the user interface is always very, very important and it's becoming less and less important these days. And, and to that extent, uh-huh. that the best UI is no UI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it's, of course, it's a lot of debate. But, you know, right now there are a lot of different rumors. But the real AI scientists in the world are less than around 20,000, 30,000 people max. Mm-hmm. But there are just too many fake AI engineers are giving their own opinions as well. Ah, okay. So... It's the same. We, it's always the same. We're always facing obstacles all the time. That's never been, never been a fluent process unless we hide in our own labs, creating our own environment, our own imagination. Exactly. So in that whole process of creating your, your portfolio, your platform, what has been the toughest decision for you that, that led to, to doing remarkable things? I've always believed in rather than hiding in a lab to create, to research on things, it's always better to come out to work with people because the, the unknown factors is always lies in the human beings because we simply don't understand human behavior. We simply don't understand how a human brain works. And, and that's the fun part. And that's why from the time I started working with startup founders, with young people, with tech enthusiasts, I find it very interesting to, to apply all these formulas or technologies, a more structured way of, of thinking into a more random human brains process. And the outcome has always been fascinating me. <laughs> and that, that's what keeps me going. Rather than creating white paper in the lab that has not <laughs> met the real world situation. Yeah, I think I, uh, I, knew, I know what you mean. And it, and it, yeah, it brings up solutions to problems that you would otherwise never find. It, it comes, it's actually creating those breakthrough moments, I would say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the fun part. 
no matter whether it's my partner or my family or my stuff, it's always fascinating helping me to learn every day of how to deal with them, how to manage myself. And that, that's the God's creation. And I really believe that human beings, you know, was designed to be the leader of this world. And that has the meaning of it. And, and we should spend more time in understanding it rather than, rather than other things. Exactly. Yeah. So what are you most proud of? If, if, if you look at all the things that you've done in the, in, in the last four years at Nexus, what is an anecdote that, that comes to mind where you um, say, you know, this is, this is why we're doing it? Again, it's human. I'm very proud to have a team of, you know, co-founders, staff, partners, and so on and so forth, or industrial alliances that trust me and are willing to work with me to achieve you know, some visions that, that may sound ridiculous at that time. And, and that type of trust is, is very fulfilling at night, that every night when I think about it, the, the amount of trust people give to me is just remarkable. Yeah, that's an interesting one in itself, because I also believe that, you know, the, the, the most remarkable software companies are driven by a vision. I mean, do you see... Do you find it difficult to, to get people along the way? I mean, what is your technique around it? I wouldn't call it a technique, but I think being a leader, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 sometimes I'd rather like to think of brainwashing is the way to say it, <laughs> is to keep, you know, increase the morale of the team and, and keep telling the team that, you know, believing in it because you are doing it and show them the results along yeah. the way getting the trust, show the sincerity. I think, you know, being a, an honest person helps a lot to, to whether, you know, people will trust you or not and whether people can. And also being structured rather than just giving a vision. We, I always like to give out the structure of, you know, we have this plan A and then A123 and then B123. If it doesn't work, you know, I never, I never give out too much plan. It's always just one plan. If it doesn't work, we pivot and, sure. yeah. and work on it again. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a combination of on the one hand side the vision, but also then the, the path on the well, to take the journey. And of course, Correct. no one knows knows the the real one, the real journey, because in this world, and particularly what you're doing here is you're doing things that no one has done before. So I mean, there's no recipe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite true. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So from all the things that you've learned so far, and in the sale, well, you, you said you didn't have a sales uh, organization, but what would you advise a CEO of a company to do different, to maybe to think different in terms of what the future for that company should be about? Do you feel that there is a lot of inertia in the market? There are. There are. There are always a lot of, uh, you know, in, in this, I would say the converging moment, there are a lot of different things that says that it will work. You know, I mean, if you talk about frontier technologies, we, we have this blockchain, we have ARVR, we have IoT, we have AI. That's the, the four common frontier technologies that people are always talking about. And there's always this hype that keeps it going, keeps it exciting. But the hype, hype is not the, the, the thing that can bring it to the destination. That means it doesn't last. Just like blockchain, if, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, I've, uh, uh, I've worked and, for a couple and, of... Uh... 
<laughs> exactly. And even within the same industry in AI, we also have a lot of hypes as well. We also have different way of doing things and how to resist, how to, how to believe in ourselves and how to resist the, the temptations to change our path, to change our ways, to, to follow the, the norm. It, it's, been, it's been quite a difficult journey for us. So believing in the vision, believing in ourselves and make it work and also resist temptation, I, I would say that's about it, yeah. Yeah, but what is it? What are the temptations that that you're talking about here? I mean, were there any things you had to say no to, or did you say say um, no to? One of the biggest thing is definitely in fundraising process. We have investment. We have quite quite an investment, and and investors comes from different backgrounds. And to to convince the investors, we have to convince them. But they of course have formed their own mind, their own thought, yeah, yeah. as well. And that could come from different things. So along the way, when we spoke to a lot of different investors, it's always been very not easy. Or investors, existing investors may ask us to, oh, I, I hear about this, this new thing that you should do. But I say, no, no, that's not the right way to go. We, we, we have to do what we do. But no, 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 you should. We have written in our, we have written in our term sheets that you have to, to follow me. <laughs> well, those are the temptations. And then we have to spend time to convince them, to explain to them and all these things. Yeah, yeah. got you. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's, these temptations come from different angles. And I mean, if the moment you have a... An example, a, yeah. A mm. short-term a short-term vision or a short-term approach, then, then it's easy to get off track. So Absolutely. I admire you for taking, for, for keeping on that, on that road and on the vision. Yeah. So what's next for you? What is your greatest aspiration with Nexus Frontier Tech? Well, keep it going. I believe my visions of the world that I explained to you just now, the, the new way of wearables, may, may need some time to make it work. So uh, I think I, I don't plan too far, 10 years, 10 years. I, I only plan five years, three, five years. Yeah, that, that's already like a, an, yeah, what is it, a lifetime in technology, the, the way it is today. Correct. Exactly. Correct. So if yeah. there's anyone in the, on the podcast that's, that could help you, what would you ask? How can people yeah, add value to your organization? I would say at the moment, you know, it's, the, the technology is magnificent. And if there's anyone in the audience, in corporates who are seeking for help, we are always happy to engage and we're always happy to, to learn new process. We are just a group of technologies. We know that we have the tools, but we don't understand the industry as well as the corporate owner. Or the uh, corporate true, of course. Yeah. So it's always a, a partnership between these two to, for them to tell us what is the problem for us to, okay, this is the tool. Maybe we can help you to do this or that to help you to sparkle your mind, sparkle your, create you know, new opportunities for you. So it's always a partnership. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Where can people go to find out more about Nexus and to say uh, hello to you? Always welcome to go onto our website, nexusfrontier.tech, or please feel free to connect me on LinkedIn, Danny Gore. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Danny, for this uh, interesting interview and uh, your views on uh, and how technology is evolving. Thanks, Tom. Perfect. Speak to you soon. Have a good day. Cheers. And for everybody listening today, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Danny Go, CEO and founder of Nexus Frontier Tech. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be 
when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So, with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, and lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.